Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. So we're working through our way through the book of Colossians, or the letter to the Colossians, and it's got some amazing teaching in it. It's got some great teaching, and uh, we've sort of called this series uh, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, because there's all those words in there. And last week, our key word was deliverance, and we saw that we had been transferred from the domain of darkness, delivered from the domain of darkness, and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son, and Colossians 1. And, and I just am excited about that. I don't know if you are, but I just get so excited that we have been saved from such a horrible past. Amen? And a horrible future. And this week, we're going to be talking about the word sealed. And sealed in the Holy Spirit is the, the title for my message today. And, uh, and you know, because... And it, I didn't even plan that it would be the day of Pentecost, but sealed in the Holy Spirit. And the key word today is mystery. Have you ever been told the punchline first, then you hear the joke? (laughs) Do you still watch a recorded game, even if you've accidentally heard the final score? Does a bride wear her wedding dress to the practice? And were you one of those kids that opened your presents ahead of Christmas Day? Nathan, you were, eh? (laughs) Some, Some things in life hold far more impact and intrigue if they're revealed at the perfect moment. It's all about timing. So when Paul uses the word mystery... In Colossians 1, he's using it to describe those things which cannot be known other than by a revelation of the Holy Spirit. In a manner and at a time appointed by God. You see, in the natural world, a mystery is something that requires an explanation or some research or some looking And it's usually speaking of knowledge withheld. But in Scripture, its significance is that it's truth revealed. Did you catch that? In the world, it's knowledge withheld. In Scripture, it's truth revealed. And the words that usually accompany mystery are the words made known or manifested or Revealed. In other words, God isn't hiding things from us. He's hiding them for us. He wants us to have the joy of discovery at the perfect moment in our journey with him. He wants to surprise us with more and more of his truth with the help of the Holy Spirit, revealing Things that are nonsense to those with no faith. 
I have a friend who's got a fairly large boat, and it was based in the Hauraki Gulf, and um, he thought he would do something special for his grandchildren. So he sailed out round Rangatoto and found a little bay somewhere, and he um, planted some treasure in the sand, went ashore, planted this, this stuff. I think I might have told this story at night church. Sorry if you've heard it before. But <clears throat> he planted this little bit of treasure. You know, it was just a few things packaged into, into some neat little containers. He then sails home, and the next weekend, he takes his grandchildren on a treasure hunt. And they had no idea that granddad had been ahead and planted the treasure. Well, my friend Greg was getting pretty worried when I think his steps on the next week were a bit different to the steps on the week before. <laughs> he almost didn't find that treasure. But when they did, there was just such an amazing joy of discovery with those kids. What a cool granddad, eh? What a cool thing to do, to hide treasure for your kids. So let's turn to Colossians 1 and read verse 24 through 29. Colossians 1. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. In my flesh I do not do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is the mystery which has been hidden from past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom that we may present Every man complete in Christ. And for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which works mightily within me. This from a man who was stuck in a Roman cell with rats and damp and probably some awful sounds going around him. You know, here he he be basically begins by putting it out there that he, by saying essentially, I'm glad I'm here in this jail and not you. That's what he's basically saying. I'm glad it's, it's me here in this jail and not you. The first mystery is that we're not exempt from suffering when it comes to living out this Christian life. And we either embrace it as a gift. See, Paul saw it as this gift. You know, he's bestowed on me for your benefit. He sees it as a gift. He embraces suffering like it's a gift. Or we wrestle against suffering and we become bitter. And we spoke on that a few weeks ago, how to get over that. Paul sees it as a privilege to be a minister to the church. He believes in it. He's willing to die for it. 
and he's determined to keep right on preaching Christ despite opposition. Boy, is that a challenge for you and for me? You know, it's, it is for me. <laughs> so, you know, there's a current trend out there that it's sort of you can be you can be okay in life without going to church, and uh, it's true you can be a Christian without going to church. But there's a trend there that says you know we don't need to go. And Paul's words are a reminder of the price that was paid for the freedom that we now have. You know, I read these um, stories over the last few centuries of people who died for their faith, who died for the freedom, died for the Ref Reformation. And, uh, and it is no small thing that we have the church. It is God's plan A. There is no plan B. The church is God's answer to bring salvation to a broken world. I believe in it. The second revelation here is that this gospel was for all people. Verse 27, we, Gentiles, non-Jews, are here today because of the work of the cross when God ripped the temple curtain from top to bottom to usher in a new covenant with his people. He allowed us, non-Jews, to enter into the Holy of Holies. You know, there's a road heading to Mecca, and at one point it says, Muslims, non-Muslims, exit here. You're not even allowed to look at the temple in Mecca if you're not a Muslim. There is just no way you're allowed to be there. But God ripped the temple curtain from top to bottom and said, you are welcome to the Holy of Holies. God wants everyone not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. That's verse 27 in the message version. Jesus was almost thrown off a cliff in Luke 4 for extending God's grace to the Gentiles. Just have, let's just have a look, quick look at it. In, in Luke 4, <clears throat> he's doing well. The people of his own hometown... We're saying, hey, this boy grew up here. He was a carpenter. He was, well, wasn't he Joseph's son? Yeah, he made my table, you know, blah, blah. Anyway, they were doing, he was doing fine. He was telling them he was here to proclaim the gospel and to, to the recovery of sight to the blind and to set those who were downtrodden free and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord in verse 19. And he gets right down and he's still doing well and they're still thinking, man, you know, this, this boy's grown up a bit. And then he says uh, in verse 25, it all goes south. He says, but I say to you the truth. There are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was shut up for three years and six months when a great famine came over the land and yet Elijah was sent to none of them but only to Zarephath and the land of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. See, she wasn't a Jew. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet. See, he's linking it back into the old covenant. And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian, another non-Jew. 
And this was just the breaking point. Verse 20, 28 says, And all of the synagogue was filled with rage as they heard these things. And they rose up and cast him out of the city and led him to the brow of a hill on which the city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. See, Jesus was not scared of a bit of standing on a few toes, you know, a few, killing a few sacred cows along the way. He said he was basically bringing, ushering in the new covenant while he was still talking with people with an old covenant mindset. You see, Jesus predict, prophesied it and, and Paul is backing it up. Yeah, so God wants everyone, not just the Jews. Then comes the third mystery, verse 27 and 28, that Christ can live in us and through us. Now that's exciting. Mind-blowing that the king of the universe wants to live This is certainly the hope of glory that we can hold on to firmly in this life and the next. When we pause and reflect on this, this changes everything. This is a game changer. It changes our values. It changes the way we live. It changes what we love and what we hate because he lives in us. It's also a game changer that And it gives us purpose, as Paul says in verse 29. Power to live by. You see, this mystery was there all through both Testaments. But only those with an open heart got it. And then comes the third mystery in verse 27 and 28. That Christ can live. In and through us, this, yeah, done that. <laughs> Today we remember that, that it's the day of Pentecost. The day when God's Holy Spirit was poured out into the disciples who had been told to wait for the Comforter by Jesus. You know, and the power that he wants to fill us with today is the same power that flung stars into space, that parted the Red Sea and raised Christ from the dead. Is that awesome? Wow, every day we should thank the Lord for this privilege. When we are weak, He is strong. You know, His power shows up best in weak people. That is a mystery. It's sort of like this oxymoron. It's, it's just hard to believe. So who is the Holy Spirit? This power that Paul talks of in verse 29. His power which mightily works in him. Who is the Holy Spirit? It's a great question because there are some strange beliefs when it comes to the character and nature of God. Many struggle to get their head around the fact that God is three persons in one, he's, he's Father, 
Son, and Holy Spirit. One God. We can pray to any one of the three. There's no rivalry in the Godhead. They're one in purpose. They're one in nature and one in character. But each has a personality and a function. And it's a mystery that we discover by faith and by revelation. You know, in all the years of working with youth, and many of them were from non-believing homes, we never had a problem explaining this truth, that God is three in one, because it has a, it has a ring to it. Truth has a ring to it. And an open heart will accept it. And it's our starting point. You can't argue anyone into the kingdom. It's about the heart. It's about a revelation. Jesus proved he was not a ghost in John 20, verse 20. The disciples thought that this may be a, you know, a ghost that they were seeing. And he showed them his hands and his feet and his side. You know, Jesus has a real body, a resurrected one that walks through walls. I love that. He doesn't need doors. <laughs> he is the door. Then he offered his peace because he wanted to rid them of fear before he delegates his life's work. Maybe some here today are needing that peace before you go out there and do anything because you're not filled with his spirit yet. What happens next is so amazing. It's virtually the turning point of history. It's like the pivot on a, on a seesaw. It's like the deciding kick at a rugby world cup, only way better. <laughs> he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit in verse 22. That's in John 20, 22. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, just as God breathed natural life into Adam, so Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into his disciples to give them supernatural life. And this same Holy Spirit was at creation moving around in the, uh, over the waters. The same Holy Spirit visited men and women in the Old Covenant. But John 20, 22 marks the change of covenant where now the Holy Spirit would not just come to rest, but to remain in, i.e. live in the hearts of all believers. The Holy Spirit would now give, up, give all believers power to live. And to do the works of Christ on earth. That's what it means to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? If we break it down, who means he is a person? Is means he is alive now. He's, he's, he's a now Holy Spirit. The means there's only one Holy Spirit. Holy means he's set apart. And spirit means he's not limited to a body. He can be in all places at one time. You know, one of the first times I experienced the Holy Spirit's enabling um, 
we were running, uh, helping run a coffee bar in a little scout hall on Waihi Beach to try and, you know, share the gospel with people. Uh, it was big in the 70s, coffee bars, and it was New Year's Eve, and we'd had a really busy night, and we got to about 9 o'clock and realized we didn't have enough coffee. We were a coffee bar with no coffee, and there was a crowd coming, and someone prayed, and you know, we just kept taking coffee out of that jar all night, and it never went down, and it never went up. The levels stay the same. That was God. <clears throat> but just before 12, everyone went away, miraculously, really, because the night was still young. But we, we realized that was just the Lord's way of giving us time together as a team. And so we had communi- communion. We, we probably cracked open a Coke and had some cr- crackers or biscuits, probably. But we just shared communion between us, <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit came. And I'll never remember, I'll never forget, sorry, that I heard his voice, not audibly, but it was like knowing a person really, really well. You know, Jenny and I have um, been married nearly 40 years, and I know the tone in her voice means this, or it means that. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. It's the tone, the character, and the story. You know that person well. And you have to know someone well to know what that tone means and when you're in trouble. <laughs> and that's how it is with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we need to listen. And yes, we sometimes read in Scripture where God uses human terms to describe himself, like, you know, shine your face upon us in Numbers 6. So, his hands, like in Isaiah 41.10, or his feet. And these are all um, what's called anthropomorphic um, sayings. They're like I, where God is identifying with us. He's a God who identifies. He wants to identify with his people. You know, when he brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, he wanted to identify them by giving them the law because that's all they knew. They had a slave mentality. They just needed some guidance. They needed the Lord. He, he identifies with where we're at. But God is spirit, and God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, who now sits at the right hand of the Father, who sent God the Holy Spirit to move freely about and to live in us if we receive him. And so we, he, need, he wants to meet where we're at. He's a God who identifies with where you're at today. Where are you at today with him? And we know that Jesus means Savior, and he needed to come and be born naturally. Inadvertently said he wasn't born. He was born naturally, but what I meant was he wasn't created. There's a part of us. God said he knew us before the world began. So, so he created part of us before the world began. This is, this is mind-blowing stuff. God, we serve. Amen. There's so much more we could say on the Holy Spirit. 
uh, but time does not allow how he reveals the Father's heart. He glorifies Jesus, convicts us of sin, you know, teaches us, guides us into all truth. We'll do that another time. But the challenge um, today is that we know who is the Holy Spirit as we celebrate Pentecost. We've only answered in, quest- in part who he is. The challenge is, do you know his voice? Are you listening and being led by the Spirit? In what ways do you think the Holy Spirit might enable you this week? Jesus said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is it a place? Again today and be ready for any changes he wants to make. The final mystery, the final mystery according to Paul is found in Colossians 2.2. If we just read that together. That their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself. Christ himself is the mystery. Christ is the sum of everything we could ever imagine to be good, true, and right. He's love. He is light. And he's a consuming fire. Nothing escapes him. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. As we saw last week, he is preeminent the first and the last. Do you know him? I love discovering things, especially mysteries. As a kid, I was known for being a bit of a tinkerer until I'd either make things fall apart or maybe fix them. But to find things out was one of my little joys in life, just like Jamie. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to know how it worked. (laughs) But I've got to say, I accept things more easily and readily now. Maybe I've lost something, but I've gained Christ. And he's more than enough for me. You know, we just had some big changes on the farm this week and had some new gear arrive in the yard and it was all a bit exciting for a day. But I'm much more excited that Christ died for his church. I'm much more excited that he accepts me and wants to live in me. I'm, I'm so excited that he accepts us, whether we're black, white, yellow, brown, a Gentile, Jew, that he lives in us by the power of the Spirit and that he himself is more than enough. He is greater. He's stronger like we sang this morning. He's the sum of everything we could ever be or forever more. We'd like to sing his praise. Aaron stole my thunder. I was going to share the Harper story. (laughs) But last week we sang his praise will ever be on my lips. And she might have got the words a little bit wrong, saying he'll never be on my list. But he he knows our heart. If that's your heart, 
if that's your desire, your heart's desire, let's not limit the power of God. Let's not limit the power of God in our life this week. The possibilities are endless. He's an, the God of the impossible, amen. Whatever your need is, He is greater. Whatever your need is, He's stronger. Let's dig deep and make our lives show that He's number one on our list. And listen for that still small voice. Let's overcome evil with good and let's never get too old for the joy of discovery. Amen. Father, we just give you the praise and the glory for your great plan, your plan that stretches throughout eternity, where you even knew us before creation. You called us by name, and when we went to say yes to you, you raced through history and said, I pick you first. And Lord, I just thank you that you are preeminent. You hold all things together. You are in everything, and it's all for your glory and all for you. So Lord, I just praise you that you have called us here this morning to hear your word, to love the church, to, to be thankful for one another to unwrap this mystery that you can be in us and that you can be in those that aren't like us and that you are more than we could ever imagine. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.